Man, I'm just walking around and I don't even have a tote bag to put in my pins and mugs. Oh, that sounds like a shame. Hey, do you like musicals? Unrelated question. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> well, too bad. Hey, everyone. <laughs> this is our temporal attempt at an infomercial. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, last episode we mentioned that merch would be live. It's finally live now. Yes. Um, so please go ahead to our Nebula store and check it out. We've got tote bags. We've got mugs. We've got pins. We've got wonderful stuff. And we would like you to have them as well because we worked really hard to make yeah. sure that they were ready. And do you want to know something really cool about it? Is our boy Cover here What's designed that? them all. Oh, my goodness. He's his such sweat. a talent, a force to be reckoned with. I know. His uh, sweat yeah, and so tears. If, if you're experiencing problems in quality, <laughs> that's probably why. <laughs> but yes, I designed that mug just for you. It's uh, it's a picture of uh, tears coming off of Eric's tears. So like, it reminded me of those ones that say billionaire's tears. And then yeah. It's like a mug. I did that, but for Phantom of the Opera, yeah. just to get Angie to laugh. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Kava made this merch to make me laugh. And do you like laughter? And do you like supporting musical things? Do you, like, do you enjoy laughing? <laughs> then please yes. check out our merch. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so anyway, I uh, just wanted to put that at the beginning of the episode. Also, we have a Patreon. Please, if you get a chance to sign up for that as well. But merch, merch, yes. merch. And on with the show. On with the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Musical Explaining, the podcast. I am your host and, uh, I guess, nice boy, Kava Teharian. <laughs> wow, I guess there's only one thing yeah. I can say about myself now. Thanks, Kava. <laughs> I'm mean girl, Angelina Mian. And in you case... weren't ready for that level of wit. <laughs> no, I was like, I was not ready to be broken apart piece by piece and then made to be reassembled all in front of an audience here where I have to own up to the fact that, yes, I might, in fact, be a mean girl. <sighs> yes, you definitely strike me as the kind of person who would have been the clicky mean girl who bullied other girls. For sure. For That's sure. got Angelina written all over it. I mean, you know, on the one hand, I think you're right about high school me. But if you look at like me on Tumblr, it's probably like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! What have I become? No, uh, uh, I'm kidding. I am a mean girl in real life and uh, on the internet. That's part of my brand. But uh, yeah, uh, in case you haven't guessed, then, yeah, what we're <laughs> yeah. talking about today, we are talking about Mean Girls, mean the musical. Girls, yeah, which I'm still astounded is a musical. Uh, I don't know much about it. Obviously, surprise, yeah. spoiler alert. Have you ever seen the movie Mean Girls? So I have seen the movie. I was actually thinking about this, but when I, I mean, it's a little bit older, right? I think it's like, what was it? 2000. It's from the, in the aughts. Yeah. 2004. Yeah, it's really old. I mean, it's not that old, but I just mean like it came out a much longer time no, ago it's, than it's, I remember. It's old. We're old. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Fuck. Does that make it? Oh my God. It's, it's almost, almost 20 years it's old. It's almost 20 oh years old. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Please yeah. kill me. Uh, it came out in two, Shit. 2004. Yeah, it came out because like I was it wow. came out the summer, like right before my senior year of high school. So I was like in like the perfect age for it. But I wouldn't blame you because you would have been in what college at that point. And why would you have given this shit about? Well, I so here's the thing is that I didn't see it when it came out. I saw it a few years later. My sister sat me down to watch it. I remember distinctly that I I had been watching 30 Rock at the t- whenever it was that I saw it. And so I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. Like, it's a Tina Fey thing. I thought it was going to be like, you know, kind of zany and crazy and, you know, sort of rapid fire the way that uh, 30 Rock was. Sure. Yeah. Um, And then it wasn't and it wasn't that it was bad or anything. I just remember being like, I 
do you ever have this where you like, you have an expectation of something when you go into it and when it, and it's not at all what you think it is and it sort of throws you for a loop? Yes, absolutely. So I feel, I actually, I probably will sit down and watch the movie again because I feel like I didn't actually ever sit down to really watch it. I think I just was like, wait, it's not this thing. So, but I remember, I remember it. I remember, and of course- I think I'm more familiar with what it is based on how many fucking memes it spawned. Right. Like just um, like how outsized. I don't know if it's outsized because I, I I mean, I haven't seen it in a while, but I really liked it um, at the time. And then just I don't know if it's just overexposure or outsized or not, but it is, I think, a really good, mm. funny movie. So like I'm like, well, is it outsized? Yes. I think it kind of merits like why people love it so much, especially like super meme. Yeah, because I remember when it came out, um, I was like kind of at that age where like the teen movie comedy was kind of on the way out. Like there weren't as many mm-hmm. things like 10 things I hate about you and can't hardly wait anymore. And that was kind of like becoming blase and mean girls came out and I assumed it was going to be like that, you know, like those movies, mm-hmm. you know, 100% and it's kind of not. And I remember seeing it like after it came out on video right before I graduated and being like, Oh, this kind of rules, but at 30 rock hadn't come out yet. And I hadn't been <laughs> able to have that yeah, comparison. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. Like, yeah. So I saw it much later, so I didn't even get a chance to, if I had seen it at that time, I wonder if, I don't know, actually. No, it's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe it's worth, worth revisiting uh, during our commercial break then too. During, yeah. This. Yeah. I, I, in those 90 seconds, right. in my head, read, let's see if I can speed three and watch this and the musical at the same time. It's a quick <laughs> movie, but yes, there is a mean girls, the musical. Um, I, I will just upfront say I know literally nothing about it. Like I have maybe heard 30 second clips of it. I know it has like a younger fan base that really, really likes it. Outside of that, I don't really know anything else about it. So I guess maybe how, how have you avoided it is the question is like, how did you manage not see considering that you like the movie and that obviously you I don't know if you guys know this, but Angie likes musicals. I do like musicals, but, you know, every now and then I encounter <laughs> one that makes me go. Hmm. But um, I guess like I think there was just like this came out in um, 2018. And I think part of it was just like mm-hmm. I was pregnant. It was also kind of like because what this reminded me up front off the bat was a Legally Blonde the musical, which is like one of those things that you see and you know that a lot of people love and you're just like, this is not for me. Like, like mm-hmm. this is not a show for me and that's fine. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just like not for me. And like that was like the vibe I got from it. Like, OK, I, I, I don't hate movies based on or musicals based on movies. De facto, a lot of my favorite musicals are based on pre-existing, you know, pieces of media, Mm -hmm. but like, there's just something about like, I get fatigue whenever I see like blank, the blank, you know? (laughs) And like, so I was like, out of all the other things I could have seen on Broadway at the time, like come from away or Hamilton or, or I I don't know anything else. Mean girls was just kind of like lower on my list, which is not to say that it's a bad show. I just was like, I don't know if this is necessarily. This was not a super priority for you necessarily. Yeah. yeah, This is not something that, you know, catches my eye as much as I like mean girls. I was also kind of like, Nah. And also, like, again, I think it was also in that phase of like Mean Girls is like overexposed to the point of like, I can't look at it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. So, I yeah, I guess I missed it for that. And then um, we'll get into this in the notes. But uh, yeah, COVID hit and then it closed the show, basically. So. Oh, oh OK. OK. All right. Yeah. Let's let's do notes then real quick before I ask too many questions that will surely be answered in your. This notage. is just redundancy of the episode. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get into it. OK, so. Mean Girls is a coming-of-age musical based on the 2004 teen comedy film of the same name, featuring music by Jeff Richmond, lyrics by Nell Benjamin, and a book by the film screenwriter Tina Fey, which is in turn based loosely on the nonfiction book Queen Bees and Wannabes. Oh, I didn't realize that it was based on something else. I thought it was... uh her own original idea. No, it's based very loosely on like this, like, I guess, sociological book about like high school hierarchies and like teen girl interactions and bullying and stuff like that. And it was kind of, yeah, it was the inspiration for Mean Girls. 
what has kind of got me actually excited to see the show is that Jeff Richmond mm-hmm. is Tina Fey's husband and also has been the musical director oh, on yeah, pretty yeah. much That's everything right. she's worked on. So like yes. he, he was the musical director for SNL for like 13 years. He was the musical director for 30 Rock and 30 Rock is just nothing but a, you know, barrage of great parody pastiche. And, you know, he also did music on uh, Girls 5 Ever, which is like a... The current oh, yeah, we started yeah, yeah. watching that. I, yeah. I forgot to, was, yeah. I think we'd only released like one or two episodes when we started, but you got to get back into that. So, yeah. So, and uh, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah. So if Tina Fey is attached to it, the music has probably been done <laughs> by Jeff Richmond. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I guess my other le- thing about Legally Blonde is Nell Benjamin also did the lyrics for Legally Blonde. That's, so that's where she's from. So I have a feeling okay. like, like uh, trying it's to get an expectation. In it. Right. Exactly. I'm like, you know what? I think if you were to make a musical out of this, this is probably the best team. It's a good little team. Yeah. No, it makes sense that her husband would be the one to write the music, of course, because he's already done it for everything else. And once I learned this, I started having like tennis night stuck in my head and werewolf for mitzvah stuck in my head and um, <laughs> rules. <Spooky>, are scary. <laughs> coming men. Men, men, men becoming, becoming wolves. wolves. Uh, <laughs> you could do a whole episode um, of this podcast about musical parodies and 30 rock, but uh, that's besides yes. the point. Uh, in the event you've somehow never seen the original film or miraculously missed out on the endless memes, oft-quoted lines, and armies worth of reaction gifts, uh, it has birthed into the universe. Mean Girls tells the story of Katie Heron. Katie, is that Katie. her name? Yes, it's, Katie. It's weird. C-A-D-Y is not how I've ever seen it spelled. But it's I a guess joke in the movie, the too. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like, at first I was like, Katie? No, Katie. I'm vibrating Katie. over here. <laughs> yeah, right. A 16-year-old who has just moved to Illinois. Uh, after growing up homeschooled in Africa over the last 12 years. Yes, I do remember that actually. Yeah. Uh, eager to make friends at her first real American school, Katie is immediately overwhelmed by the numerous cliques and strange social hierarchy that dominates her high school. Luckily, she is taken under the wing of two outsider students, Janice and Damien, who quickly give her the lay of the land. Unluckily, Katie also catches the eye of Regina George, the most popular girl in school and the leader of The Plastics, her clique of equally fashionable and shallow cronies. After Janice and Damien convince her to join the plastics as a means of subterfuge, things become even more complicated for Katie when she finds herself falling for Aaron Samuels, Regina's dreamboat uh, ex-boyfriend. Will Katie come out of all this drama unscathed or will she ultimately become a mean girl? Is there anything as devastating to high school girls as the dreaded burn book? You're going to have to explain what that means to me. <laughs> why will why will we never make fetch happen? All this and more in Mean Girls. What is the burn book? You need to go rewatch Mean Girls then if you don't yeah. remember what the burn book is. The burn book is like, okay. I don't know if we called it the burn book in high school or if it was the exact same thing, but it was just like you and your friends had a notebook where you would just shit talk other people and write mean things about them and pass it around. And it was like your own little like thing to have like and oh, you would just- did you ever watch uh, Pen 15? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's like you just, is, yes. the thing that, is that sort of what it is? Okay, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. It's like that. Oh my God. I love Pen15, but that's, that's. Oh my a, God. That, that's, that's a whole other five yeah, episodes. That's, that's of, a whole the first other first season yeah. of that show being one of the best written things I've seen. First season of years. that is so good. Yes. Anyway, anyway, tangent, but uh, <laughs> yes, it's kind of like you just, it's just like one of those like mean uh, vehicles to facilitate gossip and shit talking. Um, you know, oh. like, yeah, like we, we had them in like my elementary. I remember we had them in like sixth grade. We didn't really have them so much in high school. It was more of like a late uh, grade school, middle school thing, mm-hmm. but they exist in some iteration to me. I was like, that's true. We had something like the burn book in my schools growing up, but uh, yes, it's a, it's a big part of the plot to Mean Girls, the burn book. Okay. Yeah, no, I definitely will have to do a rewatch of it. It's so fascinating to me to go back and like 
just openly now talk about all these experiences we had as kids because it was so si- I'm like, it's so siloed. Like I fucking never heard of this shit when I was growing up. I'd be like, what the fuck? Right. I never heard of anybody having that. I, I guess to the point of both the book that this is based on queen bees and wannabes and to the point of the movie and the musical that this is a thing that happens amongst girls in particular, not necessarily exclusive to girls, but just like it's excuse, something about I, I, their development at that age or something yeah. that that's how they manifest. If any of you listening have an experience of like a, mostly guy version of the burn book i would love to hear about it because like I, I i find like the sociology this the sociology of it all very fascinating but i think it mm. tends to skew more towards the thing being that girls do but again i don't want to overgeneralize. sure i think we should also read the book during our commercial break too yeah, right. uh, the, the book that this is based on we'll come back yeah fully educated on these things uh mean girls the musical first went into development in 2013 whereupon it made its world debut at in 2017 at the national theater in washington dc After its successful initial run, it made its Broadway debut at the August Wilson Theater on April 8th, 2018. Unfortunately, after the COVID outbreak, the show was forced to close permanently after 833 shows and was ultimately unable to reopen despite recouping its capitalization. A film adaptation of Mean Girls, the musical, is currently in production, but... Obviously, it has reopened because we're going to go see. That's right. We oh, didn't yes, say this yes. up front at the top. Yes. We're going to go fucking see this live. The national tour at the Golden Gate Theater in San Francisco. And we're seeing it together. And I feel like it's been. We are seeing it together. Forever since we've seen a live show together. So I'm I'm really amped. Yeah. Like thinking about this, I was like, oh, you know, Mean Girls the Musical. Not like the thing I would gravitate towards. But, you know, now just being like, oh, like Jeff Richmond's involved. And I haven't seen a live show in forever. And I get to see a live show with my friend. And then I get to yeah. shit talk it or praise in it a afterwards. a totally different place. Yeah. And totally Seen the, uh, we've never seen a musical in San Francisco before, so that'll no. be fun. That was really funny when I was talking to, I was telling, talking to Sarah about this and we were talking about like where I was going to be next week when I'm traveling uh-huh. and she was, there people are going to be like, where's your husband? She's going to be like, he had to go to San Francisco to see the Mean Girls musical <laughs> from work. Just never <laughs> Which drop is just that. just like the most absurd thing. Right? I hope Sarah never drops that. I hope that's just like what she like just uses to tell people whenever you're gone anywhere. Right. Oh, he's in San and Francisco like, watching what? Mean Girls, the musical. For quote unquote work <laughs> right. but yeah i'm 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 really excited but yes this this was uh one of the casualties to covid uh, one of the many casualties on broadway to covid and like what shocked me about it was like this does have a fan base like i couldn't go anywhere without seeing you know the kids the kids i say is a 35 year old uh person done with life seeing the kids talk about me and girl the musical the casting in it there's like a couple of songs that i've never actually heard but like I know exists that people like lose their like fucking minds for. So like, I don't know if I'm just becoming that much of a mom and like my daughter turned four yesterday and I'm, she's already like rolling her eyes at me when I say, Oh, you're uh, cool. <laughs> like I told her she was cool. And she went like, you could see her hand go over her face and her just go <laughs> like that. Uh, and I feel like I'm, so lame. I'm being a cool mom. Right? Again, also relevant to mean girls. I'm being a oh, cool right, mom. Right, right. <laughs> I do remember that. It's Amy Poehler, right? right, Where she's right. Just like, yeah. Yeah. I'm a cool mom, uh, but uh, I am feeling like, oh, I'm being a cool mom and going to see Mean Girls, and I'm excited to be a cool mom and getting to see Mean Girls. You know what? I'm, I'm You're fucking just embracing aging appropriately. it, living for it. Real quick before I forget, did I make this up? Was there ever a Heather's musical? Yes, there was a Heather's musical. Okay, also so, very popular and, with the youths. Right, because well, what I was going to say is because that's sort of what I remembered about about this movie was Mean Girls was that to me it was like because I grew up. I mean, not I grew up. My sister grew up watching Heather's, so I sort of saw it by default although obviously that's a much darker film that's a little more like fucked up but like it's sort of that those are the only two examples again not as somebody who watches a lot of teen girl movies necessarily not 
there's nothing wrong with them. It just was like not what is something I was necessarily exposed to. Sure, but yeah. Those seem to share like a similar DNA of like the cool girls like being the sort of antagonists. And it's about the two of them, like this, the one off weirdo fighting off against these three girls. Right. And committing um, subterfuge. So did you, did you see the musical, the Heather's musical? I've never seen is Heather. Is still I've, out? Was it a while ago? It was a while ago. And I've only listened to a couple songs from it. Again, this is like how I show my age where I was like, oh, that's nice. You kids have fun with your Heather's the musical. Like again, wherever okay. something is like blank the blank, I kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. I got you. Yeah, yeah. I kind of tend to avoid uh, it until like I can't anymore, which isn't again, doesn't mean the show's bad. It's just like it's not like my priority in, in seeing sure. new theater. Um, but yeah, I think Heather's is a very common point of comparison with Mean Girls, uh, sometimes to the okay. point of derision. But I think, you know, they're different enough on their own and have different things to say. Yeah, I'm curious how much the musical like uh, sort of relates to this, if, if there's like inspiration or winks or nods or references or any of that shit. Yeah, I am wondering just because like how much of the creative team is just like Tina Fey wrote the book for this. So I have to assume that it's going to feel fairly similar to the movie and, and kind of in line mm-hmm. with like the Tina Fey sense of humor. Uh, but mm-hmm. I, th- that said, I am still like pretty excited. All things considered. OK. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with that, with the with that note, we should probably go and read the book and watch the movie and yeah. travel to San Francisco. And There's go so see much the research to be done. For the mean span girls. Of, in the span of 90 seconds that we're going to do. Uh, we got it. <laughs> through the power of editing. <laughs> right. We will, will find you. Seamless. Right. We will yes. find you in 90 seconds, having seen Mean Girls the Musical, <laughs> fully informed about the sociological going ons of teenage girls, etc., etc., etc. Etc., etc., etc. See, you like we'll musicals. You like musicals. <laughs> <laughs> I like Yul Brenner. He was really funny in that. <laughs> This episode is sponsored by NordVPN. What's a VPN, you ask? No, it's not vigorous phantom name drop. It actually stands for virtual private network. VPNs encrypt your internet traffic and disguise your online identity by giving you the ability to change your IP address, which is just a fancy way of saying it makes it more difficult for third parties to track your activities online. Now, you might be asking yourself, why would I want to change my IP address? I have nothing to hide. And I certainly don't want to confuse those poor, defenseless telecommunications conglomerates. Wrong. There are plenty of reasons to sign up for Nord. Maybe you need to hop on someone's Wi-Fi, because you can't get internet below an opera house and need to play your cards close to your chest. And also, why should randos be able to see how many times you've searched for getting mustard stains out of a velour cape, or shop for 50% off Venetian masks? It's none of their beeswax. So right now, all I ask of you is to go to nordvpn.com slash musicalsplaining and sign up for one of their plans. There's a big discount on all of them, but of course, when you go big, like with the two-year plan, you get the most percent off and even a few months free. And as a child of immigrants, you know I'm all about that discount life. So again, go to nordvpn.com slash musicalsplaining and sign up. Otherwise, you will curse the day you did not do all that musicalsplaining has to be. We are back, and I am dressed as a sexy mouse. And, and it's uh, Wednesday, so I'm wearing pink. You are wearing pink. You are wearing so much pink right now. It's just pink, 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 pink. pink but you everywhere. did, you did wear pink when we went and saw this. Yes, uh, I got into the spirit of it. It was more of a salmon, but yes, it was pink in spirit. But, but salmon's a pink. Salmon's a type of pink. It could sit at the pink table, I think. 
Yeah. <laughs> you sound like Dr. Seuss. I know. I was just like, oh God, I've been reading. You know, I have like a four-year-old because I just start speaking in like nonsensical, easy rhymes. You could wear th- pink, I think, if you think. It's great. It makes it easier for me to be your co-host. Sure. I can actually follow the, the through line. Uh, yes. Uh, as, as you guys have probably seen on social media that we hinted at, we went to San Francisco. Yes. To see Mean Girls the Musical. Yes. Uh, it, it was very exciting. We got to hang out in the city for like a half a second before we went to see the show and then immediately had to leave to go see another show, which is another episode we will be releasing. Uh, not after this one, but shortly after this one uh, that you'll find out soon enough. Yeah. That, and we saw it at the Golden Gate Theater, which I would never been to before. I, I always love going to new theaters. Like, it's very exciting for me. It's like as someone who doesn't drive, I'm like. Oh, this is what it's like to test out a Bentley. I get to go in the sit, sit and see in the theater. And uh, it's got like this kind of cool dark art deco kind of feel to it. So I was like very excited yeah. for that alone. Gorgeous theater. Great to see you. But yes, we got together and we saw Mean Girls. And uh, Kaiba, you were dressed perfectly to fit in with like the audience that we had. <laughs> <laughs> well, my 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 old dear friend Ian that I stayed with in the East Bay, he's a huge Mean Girls fan. He loves that. Nice movie. Uh, so he was like, it's Wednesday. You're going to go see it. He's like, you should wear pink. And he yeah. had this like pink long sleeve shirt. What was the brand you made fun of me for? I didn't know what it was, but it was like, was it Lacoste? You said like the whitest brand of all time. No, it was like some other soup. Oh, that shit. Had a whale on it? It? I don't remember what it was. Oh, vineyard Vi- vineyard vines. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're there in your vineyard vines, pink shirt. I don't know. Is it vineyard vines? Vineyard. Like this is how I was just like, you, you are dressed beyond any nice level of niceness I have ever dressed in my life. You were yes. like a finer buttons. <laughs> Thank you, Ian, God. for the threads that I got to wear the Mean Girls yeah. uh, musical. Um, um, but yes, we got to see it in San Francisco. Everything about it was exciting. We were having a great time. You made me get a huge drink because you were like, <laughs> I'm not going to get through this. And we were having the best time. And then we will get into what we thought about the musical. But real quick, just a recap yes. of... The Mean Girls, which most people, the Mean Girls, I sound the like mean an girls. Old yeah. The Mean Girls. I was watching the Mean Girls the other day. <laughs> is what you said. Uh, which like. I assume most people who are listening to this have seen Mean Girls, unlike you know, the co-host me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did go back and watch the movie, uh, which I enjoyed greatly. But of course, it's about Katie, who Caddy. Yeah, Caddy. Caddy, Katie. Who's <laughs> this girl who grew up with? Uh, who grew up in Africa? Yeah, in the musical they specify it's Kenya. Yes, because th- the there's movie, a couple it's of jokes very, about like, that. Africa. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, just the idea. Africa is a country, not a continent. You guys, that's right, totally right. how it goes. Uh, yes, they draw. They they poke fun at that in the musical a little bit. But anyway, she grew up. Uh, basically, I don't know. She's kind of a home, basically like for all intents and purposes was a homeschooled kid Yeah. for point of reference. And then her parents moved to, where the fuck are they? Pasadena or something? Chicago. I think is what it is. They Chicago? moved to Chicago. Oh, okay. Yeah. I yeah. just think I recognize some of the filming locations. So I mixed sure. <laughs> That's how you know you're too deep in the industry. Where yeah, I, honestly. Like- oh my God. It's so bad. You watch all these shows and I'm like, I know where that is. That's Palmetto. I know where that is. That's fucking right. downtown. I know where that is. That's up in Pasadena. That's, you don't even see the location for what it is anymore but that's neither here nor there yes so they move back stateside and she uh she basically starts at this new high school yeah having basically no experience so she's kind of like almost like this alien who is not familiar with any cultural uh touchstones or pop culture references or how fucking high school works or how teenage kids in the suburbs work um, but she's wise beyond her years. Yeah. So she has like a really bad first like day and she's just like, oh gosh, I'm never going to fit in. And then um, she kind of bumps into um, these two kind of 
outsider kids who aren't really in any of the groups named Janice and Damien. And they kind of show her around to what all the other groups are like. And they're just kind of the art freaks. And she kind of falls in with them almost like kind of forcefully. They're like, you're going to sit with us, you know, like they kind of. Yeah, they they aggressively adopt her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, But then, uh, uh oh, she then soon meets the uh, plastics who are the uh, hot mean girls of the high school and kind of like the queen bees of it. And they are led of course by Regina George, who is just like mm-hmm. basically, iconic. um, yeah, iconic, just like, well, I, think, I don't, I don't think it's in the musical, but I've seen the movie enough times where it's like one time she, Regina George punched me in the face and it was awesome. Yeah. And like, that's, that's <laughs> kind awesome. of a really yeah, good yeah, way yeah. of describing that character. Uh, they, they, they kind of take to Katie immediately and Katie's at first like really nervous, but then like, uh, Janice and Damien, especially Janice, who has a grudge against Regina that we don't know the the basis of the grudge, is like, no, this is great. You can like totally like snoop on them and get in like Regina's mm-hmm. head, um, and it'll be great. Take them and down. Then, yeah, and I, I should say the musical tells all of this kind of like it frames it as like a cautionary tale. It's like it's kind of Janice and Damien loosely narrating yes. this, uh, yeah, as being like, see, they're this the guides is to the story. Yeah, um, but so, okay, that happens, and then uh, she ends up in AP Calculus because she's really good at math. Like, she's a really good, really, really, really good at math. And she ends up meeting um, Aaron Paul, or not Aaron Paul, that's the guy from Breaking Bad. Um, <laughs> he's like, oh, yo, Mr. White, I'm trying to make yeah. meth for these mean girls. Oh, yeah, he's like, I want Science to calculate, bitch. bitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's bitch. But, uh, that would be so a great she, mean girls. I hope they do that for the movie where they cast him as, oh, please. Uh, as love interest. That'd be fantastic for the, uh, yeah, the Mean Girls, uh, the musical movie that is being filmed. I think musical it just movie. started filming, like literally it's starting filming this month. Um, but so she meets yeah. Aaron Samuels, uh, who is bad at math, but is really nice. And she is kind of taken mm-hmm. with him immediately. But then, uh oh, she finds out like that's Regina's ex and that she can't date, date him because that's against the rules of feminism. Like that's what uh, mm-hmm. Gretchen Wiener is one of the, the kind of hyper a- anxious uh, member of the plastics who just really wants to rep- impress Regina. Like, is kind of like the one mm-hmm. who will dish on Regina's like everything, you know, like, cause she's such a yeah. good friend is the joke. At some point while they're hanging out, they end up showing, uh, uh, them being the plastics. They show, uh, Katie, their burn book, which is of course this mean thing we talked about in the first half where right, it's right, like the first half. Yeah. They just write mean things about like every other girl in the school. And like, that's where Regina slips that Janice hates her because she wasn't invited to her birthday party. as so she says in middle school. And then like, you know, that Janice basically went crazy. And then um, she was a lesbian. She thought she was a lesbian. She's like, I can't have a lesbian, lesbian at, my at my pool, pool party. party. Yeah. Well, that's awful. like Regina doesn't say it that way. But then she goes to Janice and Damien breaks it. As that is what actually happened. Meanwhile, Aaron is like warming up to Katie and he tells like Regina or he tells Katie rather that Regina cheated on him. And like, you know, he didn't dump her, you know, very high she, school. Yeah. It's All very, high schooly stuff. Yeah. And she's and the whole time she's she's, you know, feeding information to um Damien and and uh what's her I'm trying to sorry on uh yeah. Janice. Yeah. And they're like, oh my God, that's great. You got and they're just sort of egging her on to go like further and further like into into like this undercover operation that she's in. And it just sort of but then of course throughout the process she ends up becoming sort of like one of them. Like she starts to lose herself and she starts to like lose sight of what matters. She starts to pretend like she's dumb and bad at math to get like the boy to like her. Right. Well, cause what happens is like, she's like kind of like ambiguous about it. And then Regina ends up kissing Aaron Samuels and they get back together again. Mm-hmm. And that's kind mm-hmm. of what tips mm-hmm. her over into the edge of like, okay, I'm going to get like, I actively want to get back 
at destroy this Regina. Girl. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Like they do all sorts of things to like start to break about, you know, the the uh the, the plastics apart, you know, making Gretchen or feeding Gretchen's insecurity to the point where she starts like basically telling all of Regina's shit and secrets to Katie and like mm-hmm. uh, Katie starts giving her calteen bars to make her gain weight. Like they're just basically trying to el- eliminate everything good that Regina has going on in her life so that she is right. alone. Act one culminates with like uh, Regina's gained weight and like she already has turned Gretchen against uh, Katie's turned Gretchen against Regina and Regina ends up wearing sweatpants, you know, to the table Basically, it falls on Katie to be like, rules are rules. And then all of a sudden, oh, uh, you know. She's dethroned. Yeah, Katie is now like the Queen B. Katie is now the mm-hmm. Regina George. And that's basically the end of Act One. Which I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's just the end of the first act when we saw it together. I was like, what? I thought it was over. <laughs> well, like even like reading like the synopsis of the musical, like the musical synopsis uh, is just like, damn, like so much shit happens in this. Um, yeah. And then just to get through second, the act of second, like I'm sure this is like very frustrating because we have all seen Mean Girls, but in the. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, we don't have to, yeah, right. It, yeah. It, it, it loosely, it follows the plot more Pretty or less. Pretty much, yeah. Um, it, it fleshes out certain parts and updates it. Yeah. Um. So like one of them, most notable parts of it is, is what's the song where it's like, Stop being stop. like they, they stop. Yeah. Stop is the name of the track. I was going to say, cause she's, I thought it was like, stop posting. Cause like they integrate this whole subplot where like, she kind of goes viral after the, I think it's after the, the, whatchamacallit oh, the number, Christmas, right? The Christmas, the Christmas show. number. Yeah. Then yeah. It's, it's very like Evan Hansen kind of thing where like all of a sudden, like everybody's like, Oh, this is so cool. And she just becomes obsessed with posting online. And, and then Damien sings this song about like, don't do that. Don't go crazy. And, it's basically it's, turn, like it's, it's, it's turn it off from the Book of Mormon. Like I was sitting there going like this is the exact same song as turn it off from the Book of Mormon, which is like uh-huh, the uh-huh. tap dancing one where like, don't do this thing. Yeah, yeah, don't yeah. do this thing. And then yeah. there's a tap dance number. And like the actor who originated the role literally also played that role in the Book of Mormon. And I was just like, mm-hmm. this is I was like, why does this feel like a book? Oh, because it literally is turn it off from <laughs> the Book of Mormon um, same thing. down to a T. But uh, yeah. So, yeah, basically all this ends up backfiring on Katie. You know, her ruse is discovered. The burn book gets out. Feelings yeah. are hurt. Regina, because Regina strikes back. Yeah, Regina. Yeah, like, she basically plants the burn book in the school and makes it look like that Katie was the one who wrote it all. And you know, basically, they send the, all the school into chaos. Everyone's mad at Katie. Trouble. She gets banned yeah. from the uh, the spring fling, and uh, you know, as punishment, she has to go to the join the mathletes to yeah. go to the competition. <laughs> right, right. Them. And then she wins that because she realizes that she's like good at math and she's honest about it, and then has to like make amends, and then she goes back to the spring fling, and then she ends up getting you know, elected the queen, whatever the fuck. And then she's like, oh, this crown is dumb and then breaks it into pieces and gives it to everybody. Yeah, it's plastic. (laughs) And then gives pieces of it to everybody being like everybody has like something that's worth. uh, So everybody has something of value about themselves is like that's sort of the culmination of the the story. And yeah, I mean, I guess we forgot to mention that Regina gets hit by a bus. (laughs) She gets hit by a bus. Yeah, very famous. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But anyway, in the end of the story, they're all happy and, you know, they've moved on and they've grown up. And it's it's basically about how they've, you know, gotten through that period of their lives. Blah, 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 blah. The end. Yeah. Uh, musical, (laughs) More or less. But yeah, you know, there's some there's a few differences, but it's not like anything crazy where like Regina doesn't get hit by a bus or something in it. It is like almost uh, because, as we said earlier, Tina Fey uh, wrote the book for this. And so Mm -hmm. a lot of it is basically the script and a lot of the songs are structured around kind of the big jokes or like kind of like, I don't know, things that are are big scenes or big jokes that kind of happen in in Mean Girls. So like, yeah, there's not much that's different besides like the social media thing. And arguably, like they Mm -hmm. do this thing with where Janice is kind of like because in the movie, Janice is definitely like 
shown as like playing into this whole mean girl thing. Like she's the one who starts the subterfuge and like pushes Katie into kind of doing something that she doesn't want to do. Um, mm-hmm. Because for, for obvious reasons, she had something really hurtful and awful happened to her. And like, but of course, like, you know, like revenge is a, it's an endless cycle, you know, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. it only gets revenge. And like, so Janice is kind of sucked into it. And I think the musical kind of makes her a little bit more like, I'll be the one to say that this is bad, which is like, I guess they were trying to get more of like a clear cut, like, voice of reason for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, there's another crucial part of it. I thought, so I have a lot of thoughts on the adaptation as far as like what goes, what works from the movie that didn't get carried over into the musical, which I thought suffered for it. But up front, we'll say a few things, right? Number one, I'll say clearly, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about because <laughs> I don't like this musical that much. And it doesn't matter because it makes a fuck ton of money and they're making a fucking movie musical about it. So my taste is not the one to dictate what's correct or incorrect. Sure. Uh, this is just my own personal opinion about it in regards to what you're talking about as far as crucial changes. So like I said, I, I went back and watched the movie. Sure. Right. Which I said in the first half that I hadn't like, I sort of watched it, but I hadn't really watched it. And to, to actually go back and like properly look at it and like sort of understand what it was. I, I really did enjoy it. Actually, it, it's, it, it holds up very well. It's very funny. For all the reasons that, you know, everybody, you know, it's memeable. It's got a lot of great lines. The characters are fun. There's a good arc. Um, But the thing I realized, which, again, somebody else might have already said this. I don't know because I have not been involved in any kind of mean girls discourse or discussions. (laughs) What, you? (laughs) You literally wore a picture. You, not the mean girls super fan? I adopted adopted very quickly. But the (laughs) thing that stood out to me that was really interesting about it was, and this is for all of you kids who... Or, or looking to get into screenwriting or to try and understand how like film structure works. The the thing that I thought that was really clever about it was it takes two genres and it mashes them together in a way that's very interesting that I hadn't seen before. Mm-hmm. And obviously this is a movie about, you know, whatever teen coming of age, you know, your typical high school kind of drama. But the thing of it that the thing that the genre that's interesting that it mashes it with is like fucking undercover cop Sure. Like, like FBI agent genre. Yeah. It's basically like the departed. <laughs> it's, yes. That's literally structurally what it is. It's oh like the God. departed. If like the mob was the plastics oh and then my. the world, like the criminal underworld is high school. Like, so, uh, 21 jump street kind of does this, <laughs> yeah. right. But 21 does this literally where it's about trying to break up like a drug bust. But this is literally if she's the quote unquote cop, like the sort of moral one trying to, in, you know, infiltrate this immoral, organization and take it down and then she has like you know her her friends that are like the cops that are the only ones that know that she's actually undercover and she sort of loses it's just the departed like set in like a high school (laughs) setting (laughs) oh speaking of things that deserve a musical adaptation (laughs) (laughs) no you're blowing my mind but no but i but 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 that's what's so good about it right that's why it's so funny because it 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 takes these two genres in a a way that like you would never think to do the two of them together and like in the movie, she does this very well. And it almost sort of takes this noir aspect too. like, it's just sprinkles of noir with the voiceover mm-hmm. and about like, she's like mm-hmm. sort of torn up about this boy. And it, you know, that's like your classic, like noir, you know what I mean? Like, right. Like, Oh, uh, she was a dame and she, you know, she, I didn't know how to deal with her. And it was as dark as this. Uh, it, so it's, it's got these like police, you know, cop, kind of underpinnings of Aaron structure. Samu- and and it- like, yeah, Aaron Samuels is kind of like the innocent ingenue and, or not the innocent, but like yeah. who, who is somehow related the to this underbelly. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Ah! This is great. I never thought about it's it. It's so way. clever. It's so clever. It's so funny. And, and I know the other movies have done this, like Heather sort of does this, but like, it's much more fucked up and weird, but like, 
I think I think Mean Girls does this in a way that's like a little bit more straightforward and it's very clever and like it also has all these other aspects of like social commentary on it and like it sort of it, by the ending it sort of goes into this like nice kind of positive message about like you know accepting yourself and it, it, there's it, it does veer towards something ultimately less tragic you know the way that like these kind of cop genre movies don't do but but that to me was like okay that's really clever and it's really good and it's really funny and it's really original so you have this as your basis and then you start and again far be it for me to have any fucking idea how to do anything even remotely better than what Tina Fey would have done like you know I'll again I'll say that up front when you're taking this into a musical you sort of get rid of all of that like so when you when you watch the musical the musical just becomes a much more straightforward like teen thing which is fine it's not necess- it's just not what I liked about it yeah you know I, I I thought it loses what's so clever about that conceit and like all the structural elements are still there of like she's going undercover she's doing this but like the kind of mood of it changes and this is a very long-winded explanation of what I was going to say but you were talking about um the the characters being a little different so what they do instead is is they make Katie a fucking theater kid instead of like this weird like kind of like wise beyond her years person who has experienced the world outside of this and is kind of like an outsider in the sense that like she knows better and that's sort of why she's sort of like confused by all of it it's like she's too smart for it and she's right too and then she still sinks, she it. still ends up sinking into it because yeah yeah you don't get that kind of vibe with this katie in this like she's just kind of like a little she's literally just a theater kid yeah that's yeah all like, she is. there's that conflict like because 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 so much of this is voiceover with Lindsay lohan being like i know this is wrong and i know this is bad you know and like right. like right. and that that conflict is like another thing that is sustained throughout the whole movie where it's like mm-hmm. I guess they kind of try to do it with like with all these, you know, character numbers that that she has. But honestly, in them, she just kind of mostly expresses, no, I want to be a part of this. There's never like there's not really that. Con- yeah, that conf- I hadn't thought about that. But that conflict of like that this is wrong, that does exist in the movie uh, with right. Katie's character is kind of like not there. She just kind of goes along with it. And, and and to be fair, like, I don't necessarily know how you adapt that kind of like cop noirish thing into a musical it's not necessarily like something that would translate particularly well but it it was kind of unfortunate that like that part of it had and i understand that that's not necessarily like a clear idea of like you have to do this in in the musical for it to work so i kind of get why you would scrap it but i did think that that was like such a core part of its charm about like what made it so funny and what I think in a large in large part is what made it so sustainable long term. Like that's why people still talk about it in a way that's like very revered and people really like it is because it was such a clever idea and it was executed so well. And like the musical kind of doesn't do that. Right. Um, And I think that that it suffered because of that. And I don't again, I don't know how you would change it necessarily. Okay, I'm going to stick with this point before I go off into my tangent, because I hadn't really thought about it in that way and why I was struggling to put my finger on about why um, there there are other reasons why that I'll get into. But like. Mm -hmm. That, like, is such a huge, I think, thing that I hadn't been able to articulate, you know? Like, it feels less like Katie's story. Like, Katie's, Mm -hmm, I'm mm going to tell you about, like, record scratch, how I ended up here. Uh, Uh, (laughs) Because they do kind of make it uh, Janice and Ian actively telling you, like, this is actually a caution. There's Like, the opening song is called Cautionary Tale. Um, Well, this foregone conclusion, because most people have seen Mean Girls, but, like, it does kind of like already kind of take some of like the, um, I guess tension out of it. Like, even though like, yes, we know how mean girls ends and like, blah, 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 blah. But like, it's already setting it up as like a cautionary tale as instead of like this, like weird journey into like the underbelly of high school uh, politics. So yeah. Yeah. And it's a very, it's, it's small. Like it's, it's not a change that like the, at least for me, I would not have thought to put 
you know, you know, a word to immediately. But yeah, yeah. Like it's just a subtle change that I think kind of for me, at least what. Yes. What I like about Mean Girls kind of is missing in like the stage show. But I guess like the the thing that I really like wanted to talk about was like so we went and we saw this and it was a it was a matinee so um the audience was like a little bit late but the audience that was there was like very invested like yeah it was nothing but like there were so many like uh preteen girls and teenage girls and even just like adults who really liked the show in pink you know showed up hyped knew all the songs like were like yeah, literally yeah. dancing screaming. in their chairs screaming it was like. Um, I think I talked about it in the Rock of Ages episode, but when I saw Rock of Ages and like it was nothing but like wine moms and guys who were like, fuck, yeah, still rock and roll still lives, man. Yeah, rock uh, and roll, yeah, this is music. Yeah, like being in there like like five Jack and Cokes deep when like, you know, don't stop believing <laughs> hits. Uh, it was kind of like that kind of chaos. It did feel like kind of going to a concert, uh, honestly, because <laughs> like yeah. there are people so invested in it. But I think I'm just too old, you know, <laughs> like yeah, I guess like, yeah, yeah. like this is not a show for me. And like that's the, you know, I spent a lot of my 20s and even honestly in my early thirties, just being really, I guess, irony pilled or, um, your irony poisoned rather, and just being very deeply negative about things and still not understanding that not everything is meant for you. And, uh, um, so I do want to preface like whatever else that I say about mean girls here is like this kind of realization that like, I really like the movie Mean Girls and I, I think it's great. It holds up really, really well, you know, X, however, X many years later, that's fine. That it's, that the musical's different in, in, in format, I guess, is, is fine. That it has an appeal to an audience that is not me is fine. And like, objectively, yeah. like, it, I don't think it's like a bad show. Like, that's what I wanted to get at. Like, is like, I don't think it's a bad show. I think it's very like, if you were 13 and you, t- well, actually I was such a, I, I was talking to Nick about this, like, you know, if I were 13 or 14 and I had seen this, I probably would have loved it. And he was like, would you Um, (laughs) like knowing who you were as a teenager? I'm like, that's a very good point. And I think that comes back to what I was saying before. Like it, it doesn't present this sort of like the dark side of it in a way, you know, it doesn't like bring that part into it, which is why I think you as a 13, 14 year old girl, that would have been the thing that you were like, Oh, this is so cool. It's like a takedown. Like, like all of that is washed away in the musical, which admittedly, you know, I talked to Sarah about it and Sarah was like really excited because she listens to the soundtrack a lot. Sure. Yeah. And so she loves all the songs and she started sort of listing off the lyrics and the songs. I'm like, yeah, these songs are really funny. Like when you, but there was something about when you saw them live, like it didn't, it didn't, I don't know why for some reason, like I, the gags didn't sort of, I don't know, maybe I'm just too fucking old. I probably am. So, so one point that I want to put out there is that Mean Girls, the movie is 90 minutes long and it, oh, yeah, that's true. That's a good it point. is tight. Like, Excellent. Like, what a picture. It is yeah, right. Thank you. A movie that is 90 minutes long. Fucking thank oh, you. My favorite kind of movie. I, I love that. Can't get enough of that. But like, it's just so tight. And so many of these songs are kind of built around either dragging out a joke that exists. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and I, yeah, again, I, I thought like, I thought the song was funny, but I was also like, but it was also just kind of funny as it was um, like the sexy Halloween costume. Yeah, uh, yeah, song yeah, like where really it's good. just like I'm like it's a funny song like this is a funny song but also like just having you that, know the Karen Amanda Sh- Seyfried character yeah. uh, character her character was really funny in the musical actually I mean I guess she's she's meant to be the comic relief in a comedy show yeah yeah like I was gonna was, say she she's my really favorite great. part in like I think the yeah, musical I, I loved everything they did with Karen and I think Gretchen Wieners too was oh, really Karen, really fun right. yeah Karen and Gretchen Wieners I think were my favorite parts of this because like mm-hmm. they just kind of lean into what those characters were in the movie really hard and like so their funny moments felt like, yes, like really, really earned, you know? 
<laughs> like, of course, having Gretchen Wiener sing a song, paranoid about why nobody likes her, but it's also still funny and not that deep is like really, really good. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, there are things I did like about this. But I think to me, like the screenplay for Mean Girls is so good and so snappy that like and it accomplishes so much. Again, the same plot, virtually the exact same plot. Um, like the second act for Mean Girls, the musical started just really dragging for me. Like I was just Endless. like, yeah, like I was just like, I I, everything about this is objectively fine, but like it just, yeah, does that's not the thing. That's, that's what's so weird about it. I'm like, it's not bad. Like I can, you can look at it and you can he- see it and you can, although I think to be fair, I feel like the girl, the girl who was playing, was it Regina was somewhat flat in a lot of what she was singing, which made it just like a hair, like a hair off. And it, it sort of took me out of it at points. Sorry yeah. to bring that up. I just, I feel like that, I should say that just because like it not because like I want to shit on her because like she's whatever like I, that's a hard job. But yeah, I think it did add to the experience of feeling like it was hard for me to really like get into it. Sure. Yeah. Well, like I went and uh, listened to like the original Broadway cast and I was kind of like, oh, shit, like these people are really. Ta- I mean, like, which is not to say the people in the tour were not really talented, but I was like, oh, like the casting was. Like, I mean, I can't fucking point. do that job. Yeah. yeah. I'm, again, yeah. I'm not I'm not somebody to shit on somebody. No, for, I'm yeah. like, whatever. I'm, it's like a concert. It's like I, you have some days that are good. Some are off. Whatever. Right. And, but I, I get that feeling like sometimes if a performance is like the energy is off, like that can kind of change how it is. And we, again, like not everyone, everyone. We all have days where we are off. So I get what you're saying. Um, And meaning absolutely zero shade because I can never do what she does. I wish I do. This is why I'm here talking about it instead of doing it as the axiom goes. Uh, So I say that with love. But yeah, it was like Mm -hmm. overall the energy in general, I felt like was kind of low, like compared to like, yeah, yeah. energy. It was very like, well, I had an interesting thing where I ended up, uh, I got breakfast before I went and saw this and I went to a place that was like right close to the theater and oh, right, right. there was somebody there's somebody um who was wearing a mean girl's shirt there and I was listening to them talk and they were talking about like technical theater related stuff and it turns out that they were working on mean girls and I won't say in which facet but like they were there and they were just kind of like yeah, you know, it's a Wednesday. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's the same with like any job. Or you rock. I what mean, a week, huh? And they're like, it's <laughs> Wednesday. Right. This is what I will say about Mean Girls. It didn't make me reevaluate how I talk about things, <laughs> you know, mm. like this, this mm-hmm. idea of like, not everything is for you. And I can see the vast appeal of Mean Girls, the musical and, you know, and, and the whatnots. But I was just like, not everything is for you. And that's fine. And that also this is a job, you know, and <laughs> sure. yeah, like, yeah, and like I still think like everyone we saw was great. But yes, like some days are not as like as the others. And that's totally fine. You know, like you see, like, I don't know. When I see a lot of Broadway fandom, like the way people will end up talking about actors and I don't think. I, like I've done it before. I've been guilty of it too. Like I don't think any of us are actively thinking about you know <laughs> that this is a human being and this and this yeah, is not the other person's feelings, yeah. right? Yeah, but like it's just kind of like oh man, this is a job and it's an exhausting ass job. And there's a lot. I will say like there's so much going on. This is like a dance show that I was like not prepared yeah, for. Yeah. Like there's it's a very high energy Tap show. Numbers, like, there's all this so much fucking in dancing it. in this show. I was like yeah. What made Mean Girls so special to me is like how tight and compressed everything is. And like, mm-hmm. it's all good. Like, I can't think of a single scene in Mean Girls that I would cut or like change, you know? And so like a lot of the songs kind of, like I said, they are based around these jokes and what they kind of do. Um, and I think we talked about this in Diana. They will have like, you know, these traditional verses where it's like talking a little bit more about their feelings. And then they basically pause to have the joke happen, you know. And and also too, like as far as the songs are concerned, this this is something that we'll talk about when we talk about the other show yeah. that we saw up north. Yeah. 
the songwriting feels like it's much more of just like a here's everything that sounds like a Broadway show that's happening yeah, right now. Yeah. And then we'll, I'm just talking about strictly the music. So like the music was not particularly interesting to my ear. Yeah, yeah. And I could see where they're like, they're trying to lift out a Lion King for this. So like like you said, they're trying to lift out a Book of Mormon. They're trying to, it just felt like you're sort of like, I always say this joke now, which is like the AI generated fucking like Broadway songs where you sort of throw them into the prompt. Like, yeah, I did it. It didn't have a distinct sound. kind of identity yeah. or sound to it, which again, it's fine. It's broad. It's like, I think that's part of why also it was harder to sit there where it's like, it's funny, it's witty, the jokes are good, but the music kind of just It's kind of, that's the weak fine. link, I think, of like the the shows. And then like, again, I, I was really excited because I think Jeff Tremaine is uh, really good at pastiche. He's written so many funny things for, you know, SNL and 30 Rock. So that, that is the one thing that I will say, like, did not work for me at all. It was just like the actual music because the lyrics are funny. The jokes are funny. Like the actors are really talented. I'm just like, what is going on? I think it's maybe the music. Sorry, Jeff. I am a big fan. <laughs> but if you but if you love theater and if you love theater, if you are a theater kid and you love theater and you love musicals, I feel like this just delivers all the shit that you yeah, want. Yeah, exactly. Like times a thousand. So like it's we're just more. We're you know, old. we're more, you know, we're old. <laughs> we're so old. Because again, we had to go to a show after this and one that I was very excited to see. But I was also like, I'm like fucking dying, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> God, we got to go all the way up to Berkeley. Damn. So this is just like your parents talking about seeing Mean Girls is essentially what's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, I know. This is I think this is why I was like struggling. I was like, OK, so. This isn't a bad show and there are things I a lot of things I liked about it. But like, why am I why am I struggling to talk about this? And it's like, oh, it's because I'm realizing that I'm old and uh, <laughs> I'm sure there's there's some people who are listening to this who are just screaming at us on the other end of the podcast being like, no, it's because it's bad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, and I guess I guess I what I think got into my head watching this because I've talked about this before, but usually I am turned off by things that are blank the musical. Um, and mm-hmm. again, I say this knowing that most most musical theater is adaptation. Like name any great show. It is probably yeah. based on a pre-existing yeah. property or a real life historical mm-hmm. event, but it's probably it's probably based on the book or a movie like a little night music favorite show one of my favorites based on the Ingmar Berman movie it's an adaptation but the things that specifically go out of their way to be blank the blank always send me in like a very like kind of scared direction and this is where it gets to this is not for me um because at the end of the day this was not different from Mean Girls and I was struggling for what it had to actually say or wanted to do different like I guess the question for me was like why 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 do this, you know, besides a ton of money. That's why <laughs> fuck ton of money. And, and I, I'm trying to be, I guess, a little bit more optimistic here. I sitting in an audience of, you know, teenage girls going to see a Broadway show is always ultimately a thing that I'm like, cool, that's great. You know, like this is a show that gets like young, younger people into seeing theater. And like, maybe it is like straightforward and like not compelling to me but like that doesn't necessarily matter in this and so like that's what I was sitting here like I guess that's a struggle because I'm like I'm not mad it exists like in the same way that I'm not mad Diana exists again as long as something's not being blatantly hateful I do not give a shit and you're not a bad person for liking it but like I really struggled with this one like you know hairspray you know goes in a different direction than the movie and it becomes a different thing and and it's very pointedly a different thing same with the producers same with like I guess I guess it reminded me like of a lot of like 
of the later Disney shows that have come out that are just there to <laughs> be blank the blank. I can and, see like, that. Yeah. I, I can't control the trends of what's popular on Broadway. Like something like Beetlejuice, which ends up leaning into like this idea that's about the other one death. I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Like, like that's a really fun adaptation because it doesn't like drop mm-hmm, what's interesting mm-hmm. about it, but it does go into this whole like different element of it and likes to play with like, you know, the, the, the fourth wall and meta, meta stuff. And like, so like seeing something like Mean Girls is just like, I kind of go like, you know, why? But then I think about why and I'm like, well, you know, it gets kids in the theater and I'm saying that I don't mean to sound condescending when I say kids because I'm sure there are plenty of people my age who do like this because they like mean girls and they're happy to see anything with it Um, and that's fine but uh, yeah I I think ultimately I was struggling with the why. Speaking of old uh, one thing I don't know if you noticed this but uh, it took me a second to figure this out when I was watching it comparing it to the music the musical to the film you look at the plastics in the film and it's, you know, it's obviously, uh, what am I drawing a blank on her fucking name? Um, uh, um, what's her name? Um, uh, Regina. Uh, Ra- uh, Rachel, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams. Yeah. And when we watch the musical, uh, it, she's made to look like fucking, uh, she looks like a Kardashian. Yeah, so yeah, I, yeah. It was, it was so, I was like, oh, because at first I was like, why do they have, because also her songs are like kind of. Like the Regina George song where she comes out kind of has like this belly dancey, like, yeah, they're like very kind of fucking like Middle Eastern, like, like half yeah. noty minory thing. Where I was like, what the fuck is this shit about? And I'm like, what happened to all the like the mean white ladies? Why do they have? And then I was like, oh, it's the Kardashian uh. <laughs> thing. I was like, that's now the standard of like weird yeah. beauty that like young girls now are like, that's, that's the, that's the, th- I mean, I guess maybe not as to the extent that it was, but. I thought that was like a really interesting, subtle thing that like they would have tapped into that like was not the case when we were younger. Yeah, I mean, that made me feel very old. <laughs> that's been like the other like that's the other thing. Um, It has to kind of update itself a little bit. You know, it can't be completely in 2004, which is when the movie is set. And it's very much in 2004. And they have to like kind of update like. Uh, like there's a couple there's like at least one crack about like you know the woke kid and then like uh like like there's there's always like they have to try and find a way to update and it feels like very Tina Fey some of these new jokes and I don't necessarily mean that in like a good way where it's just kind of like cracking at these kids I just I only noticed it like thinking about it again it can't let itself be a period piece because it has to attract a younger audience you know I like so it was just like a, a, a little awkward and like the social media stuff they the social media stuff they put in there feels honestly kind of ham-fisted and like it feels like an older person telling young people to not get wrapped up in it rather than the younger person singing about it in a way that right makes sense to them if that makes sense right yeah 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 exactly exactly like, I was like you could definitely tell like Tina Fey like wrote this so yeah okay real real quick before we get to the end of it I just wanted to ask you because I had not seen this before and this is I assume it's like a traveling show thing but I had not seen a show that had for all intents and purposes, like a volume, which is those like giant, LED, you know, volume is like how they do Mandalorian and stuff where they have the giant LED screens that like swap stuff out. Yeah. And then like they, they change all the sets. Have you, I had not seen that before. Is that something you'd seen before? Where, so basically where they're just projecting, you know, they have like basically s- like set pieces that are projected with different things. Is that what you mean? Like, well, um, it's like, it's basically a giant LED screens behind them and then. On the stage show, basically, they have giant LED screens behind them. And then it depending on whatever the scene is, it just changes out on the screen. So like one, it'll be a classroom and the next it's like a bedroom. I think that's that's honestly become kind of a a standard thing, not a standard thing, but like I've seen a lot of shows kind of do that. Like Anastasia did that, like from what I remember, they had kind of like the same sort of like big background stanchions that had different. Um, you know, projection mappings on them. Like projection mapping, I just think is kind of become like a, a standard 
oh god, I don't like. I'll be here for like twenty minutes, you know, bitching about like projection mapping sets because I I think they can be done well, but I think that's um it, that that's not unique to Mean Girls. Um, I think that is just the set for what Mean Girls was on its Broadway stage and what it was here. You know, they are like really versatile because you can do a lot with them. Obviously, like as long as you keep the shapes pretty plain, you can do a lot. And I do I do think they were fun. They they were used really. Uh, in a very fun way here. Like they had a good time with them. Like, Oh, was it during like the uh, Halloween song? Like <laughs> they had like stupid, like candy and like skeletons and stuff. But I have not seen that yet though. That's the first time I actually saw that. And any of all the shows that we've seen, I'd never seen one that has like a straight led screen behind people. Mm. Somehow I managed to avoid, or somehow I managed to miss that. Like every single show that we've seen. And, and it makes a lot of sense for a traveling show. Yeah. Oh sure. sure. Yeah. Cause you're like, all you're doing is packing in a fucking giant screen behind you. And then you're slopping it in and out. But for me personally, I, I didn't really enjoy it because it felt like part of what's fun about seeing a show. And, and again, I understand the, I the limitations the of travel shows. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, <laughs> I get it. You're not going to be able to have like a huge fucking set that you set up. I get it. Like, I'm not I'm not an idiot. Like, I understand. But it did sort of add to this musical thing to it, sort of, where it just it felt very like I, I'm a both side. I'm of two minds about it. Like, I completely understand why you would do yeah. it. Yeah. But I thought it took away from the live action or sorry, from the live theater stage aspect of it, because some of the fun of it is really just as you've heard me gush on other shows, like when we watch like Wicked and shit, where you're like, yeah, it's so cool to see how they pull this off live. Like, that's part of the fun of it. Like Seeing like the sets on Phantom are fantastic because like they're these big ass, cool, tangible sets that like are a lot of work to like just make work on a logistic thing. And that's part of the fun of seeing it. Like, again, why I really liked Beetlejuice is like Beetlejuice actually had fun with its sets and it didn't do because projection like LED screens and projection mapping are very popular. And I get it from a cost point of view. I get it from like, um. Well, it'll be easy Labor to show this, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's so much easier. I yeah. totally get it. But it definitely, I do feel like it detracts. Yeah. A lot of times it feels like a cost saving measure and like, or just like, oh, we need to get this done kind of thing. Um, honestly, you could say the same thing about a lot of Disney World attractions that are new. A lot of them are less about practical effects and more about like projection mapping on like things. And you're just kind of like, oh, OK. But it also it was interesting because we saw Oklahoma not too long ago. Yeah. And it was and, and while I didn't really like like that sparse set because it was ugly it was like it was a decision based on right like it was interesting because i was like okay I, I understand why they did that and there was a creative reason for it and it was interesting and it sort of leaned into the limitations that it had and it, it sort of felt like i was i'd be curious to see what they would have done as a way to try and make it more interesting and like travelable sort of instead of just like an led screen so no shitting on the LED screen. I just was like, eh, it made me feel a little bit more like I, I have a very similar thing. <laughs> yeah, I like uh, Shmanastasia did that. And I was just kind of like, uh, you know, like I, I, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I have seen it done used really, really well. Uh, back in 2008, they did a production of Sunday in the Park with George that relied on that for like, you know, George's art and screwing around with the sets and like. It was really fun and really cool, especially in like 2008. But like, um, I mean, also like also with this, it's like they're literally just showing like, here's a locker room. Right, right. They're very literal. Yeah, it's not even like a interesting like, you know, I mean, like I could see how you would do it in a way where like you're showing stuff that you would not normally be able to show on a set. That would be virtually impossible. That would be a better use of it to me. Right. Like. Here's it's very a poster literal. on the background that says like prom on Friday. And you're like, okay, sure. You could have done that with flats. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm inclined to agree with you, but it's not unique to Mean Girls. But now that you bring it up, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, I said we weren't going to do a 20 minute tangent and yet. Here we are. Um, but yeah, here we uh, are. yeah, here we are. Mean Girls. 
We are we are the plastics judging you for liking Mean Girls. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. So um, no, we started out as no like Wednesdays. we started out as like oh the weird metal kid and the theater nerd who no one wants to hang out with. But secretly at the end, I think we were the Mean Girls the whole time. Just we were them the whole time. Start. We are the plastics. Yeah. That is that is um, absolutely that. <laughs> I'm sure that people. I have to say though, when we had posted those pictures of us going to see Mean Girls, we did get a lot of support of uh, people wanting us to trash it. It seems like a lot of the people who <laughs> listen to this podcast are not huge fans of it, but I'm sure there are a few who are. But yeah. as that, uh, as we always say, let us know your thoughts. Yes, um, please. You can follow us on Twitter. It at Musical Splainin with no G at Musical Splaining with a G on Instagram. Uh, I am at Kavitaharian on Twitter and at Permafriends on Instagram. Um, and I am Y Angelina Y on Twitter. That is W H Y Angelina Y on Twitter. And I am Angelina underscore S E E on Instagram. And yes, just a reminder that we now have a Patreon. Yes, we do. Please. Boy, howdy. It's certainly a Patreon. No, yes, we have a Patreon. Please, please, if you like this show, Go check it out. We have different tiers. It's like the cost of uh, a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Which essentially you could either you could either buy a house by not buying a cup of coffee once a month or according to older people uh, or avocado toast or you can support <laughs> <Right>. us. <laughs> which do you like more, us or avocado toast? Think avocado about that. Toast, but, oh, seriously, yeah. yeah, please check us out on Patreon. Uh, th- there's there's some fun stuff on there. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I think it's going to get it even funnerer. It's going to get even funner and um, hopefully enrich the uh, musical uh, explaining experience even deeper. Yeah. Um, We're going to be doing more live streams yes. where we talk about stuff, interview people, get, you know, get fun. Have a good time. Have a good time. Go in and chat and tell yeah. us that you love us and that, you know, it's phantom something or other. Yeah. Um, we also <laughs> we have also recently launched merch at long last. We have merchandise. The uh, pre-sales are live. Yeah. We've got a lovely tote bag. We have a fantastic mug. We have some wonderful pins. Uh, we have everything that you could possibly want um, aside from the Phantom himself coming to your house. And I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm really working on yeah. it. <laughs> he's going to be out of a, he's going to be unemployed and out of no apartment pretty soon to stay in. It's, so maybe we can. Yeah. We're working on it for the like five year plan. Airbnb traveling. <laughs> working on it for the five year plan. <laughs> yes. Please go look at our Nebula shop. That's where all of our merch is available for purchase. And of course, of course, lest we forget, please follow our sponsor links. That's also very helpful. We need a lot of help, guys. All these different places that you can help us. If you love us, if you've listened, if you listen to the podcast to this far, you owe it to yourself and society. If you like us going to live shows, this helps a lot. (laughs) It's absolutely. Yes. Actually, I probably buried the lead there. The more the more of those that you guys do, the more we can afford to go see those shows. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Because, you know, it ain't cheap to have somebody on the opposite coast of Broadway uh, and have them go to New York to see yeah. shows. But with, yeah. with your help. Thankfully, L.A. has somewhat of, an, of a theater scene. So there's some stuff that we can see. And thankfully, Angie's already seen every fucking musical ever. But, you know, it's always more fun <laughs> to be able to see them together. Yes. But yes, please, please support us in whatever way you can. Uh, and if you don't have any money like most of us, uh, then go ahead and please just tell everybody about the podcast and leave us good reviews. Uh, that also helps. We love you. We thank you guys for listening. We will be back with another episode in two weeks time. Yes. And we will see you at the live stream. (laughs) You are all stars. To quote the musical Mean Girls, because I actually did remember things. You are all stars. We are all stars. It was something like that. (laughs) I think that's Moby. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Mean Girls Moby. Bye. (laughs) The ultimate Mean Girl.